Welcome to the Geeked Out Podcast, the podcast that helps you learn how to grow your online presence without the overwhelm, so you can spend more time earning and less time learning. Think of us as your fast track to impact-driven marketing online. And now your host, longtime web designer, online marketing manager, and SEO expert, Megan Good. All right. Welcome to today's episode. We are meeting with Amber Mabe, and she is a graphic designer out of North Carolina, and she is so good at what she does. And I wanted to bring her on today to talk about branding. It's a part of business that I always run into because as a web designer, I need someone to have already met with their graphic designer and have their branding before they even come to me. So today we're going to talk about what a brand is, what it isn't, and a lot of things in between with Amber. So thank you for being here today, Amber. Appreciate you taking the time to meet with us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. This is this is new for me, so this is fun. <laughs> Good. Good. Amber, tell me a little bit about your business before we get going. Um, yeah, um, let's just start there. My business is Mandala Creative, and I specialize in logo design and branding. Um, I primarily focus on individuals and smaller businesses that are, um, it's not necessarily intentional, but a lot of the time I, I end up working with female um, entrepreneurs, which is awesome because obviously that's something I connect with because that's what I am. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And I've worked with multiple different, you know, industries and people who make art or are therapists or anything like that. So there's a variety of, of clients that I've worked with and it's fun. It's always something different. Yeah. That's the, the best part about graphic design and like being able to work with other companies rather than just working for one particular company. I love the variety that we get. Yes. The variety keeps it, keeps it interesting. And I'm always like challenging myself and uh-huh. I've worked in a couple of agencies. And like you said, you always end up working on, you know, a select number of businesses and it's pretty much the same thing over and over. So this gives me like, you know, an opportunity to expand my portfolio and learn different techniques and, and different anything really pertinent to the brands that I work with. So it's fun. Absolutely. How long have you been doing graphic design now? Um, I have been self-employed and freelancing since 2009. Um, Prior to that, I worked in a couple of agencies and had a couple of internships that turned into part-time positions within agencies and stuff. So I've been, I've been doing this for a while, (laughs) longer. I've been doing this longer than I've been a mom. So it's kind of my first. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk today about what branding is. A lot of times when people get started, they think I just need a logo and that's my brand. Mm -hmm. Tell us what a brand is. Um, So I feel like the foundation of a brand is definitely the logo. It's a great starting point and it kind of sets the tone for the rest of your brand, but your logo is not solely your brand. Like you have to have other complementary materials that, that tie into it, that, that creates your image across multiple platforms, whether it's social media or print design or like show graphics and banners and stuff like that. You need to have that consistency um, it makes it a lot easier for people to 
immediately recognize your colors and your font style and just your overall aesthetic. Um, it's definitely a, a more comprehensive uh, project, a branding project is. It's more definitely more than just a logo. For sure. And so some of those elements that people forget about, um, I would say like getting your business cards at the same time as you're doing your logo. Um, picking colors. That one's a huge one. And I have a lot of people who pick colors because they like color, certain colors. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice on colors when you're designing your brand? Well, I like that's a challenging thing because like you said, a lot of people really want to have a color that they like and that's okay, but it's ultimately not the best strategy because color theory is a very in-depth thing and certain colors can be certain emotions and feelings that, you know, maybe aren't consistent with what your brand is trying to say. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, light blue is a very happy, like hopeful, cheery color. And if you're having a brand that's not necessarily up, not like upbeat, but like super fun or festive or whatever, that might not be the best approach. And that's, that's not the best example, but it's definitely a it's an example of how your, your colors need to represent your brand personality, if that makes sense. Your brand personality. And I would say also like those uh, undertones of, of your business. So um, I have a lot of people, they love teals, but they want to charge a really hard price and teal represents cheap in people's minds. And so what are we um, conveying to people subliminally? Exactly. Without realizing it um and so color color theory and color strategy is definitely an area that you want to talk with your graphic designer about coming to them with you know your audience in mind is going to make a huge difference as well uh do you talk with people at all about their audience before you get going yes absolutely that's that's actually one of my big questions when i'm like conducting my questionnaire with clients is that who are you trying to attract? Who is your ideal client? And what do you want to say to them? And you have to kind of have a feel for what things they're drawn to, what colors, what what the overall vibe is that they're going to be initially attracted to. And from there, kind of expand on, on what you think they, they want to see in terms of their branding. But as a designer, you have to also keep in mind that sometimes the client doesn't know what they want and you have to kind of... <laughs> extract that from them and sometimes that's a challenge I mean it's I love it because I like working with people so to me it's not a problem to get down and and you know have a conversation with them about everything to kind of get a better feel for it but it it can be a challenge sometimes but it's okay it's it's what I've done for so long that it's it's second nature (laughs) absolutely absolutely so let's talk a little bit about what a brand is not Um, some people get hung up on what a brand is, but they focus on certain elements that is not part of your brand. Do you have any things like that, that people come to you Um, wanting? (laughs) A lot of the time, like this might be slightly different than what you're asking, but a brand is everything that goes with your company, your yourself, if you're marketing yourself, it's all of this. But a lot of the time people come to me for like one specific item and they don't have a logo, but they want like packaging designed 
but they don't have a logo. They don't have any kind of branding established. And I try to articulate to them how important it is to have that, like that foundation of your brand already there so that you can expand on that. Um, a, a brand is not just let like a font. It's not Comic Sans and on a label. And I hate to not Comic Sans because I think there's a place for that font in in you know certain things, just like there is for anything. But it's not just that simple. It's got to be a lot. It, it's you want something simple, but you don't want something so simple that it's easily forgotten or that it's generic looking. Um, it needs to be unique and it needs to be um, totally unique to you as an individual or as your business and mm -hmm. and styles often convey a certain personality on their own so you want to make sure your your icon if you have one as well as your font is saying to your customer what you want it to say so it's a brand is definitely a lot more um complicated than just putting together a nice picture with a nice color and a fun font it's 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 a lot more yeah than it absolutely is it absolutely is and a lot of people come to me with just a logo. Um, as a web designer, we need so much more of, of their brand before we can even yeah. get it going. So let's talk a little bit about brand guidelines or a branding book. And mm -hmm. um, what does that entail for people? And why should they ask their graphic designer for that and not just their logo? The, the, I do a lot of something called a branding board, which is a simplified mm -hmm. version of a branding book, but it kind of is the midway between this fully immersive, like branding book that might be several pages, but it also has the key elements of somebody's branding, like image, what it's usually, it includes their logo, their alternate logo, a watermark, all of the color information and codes for both print and web. Um, and it'll also include their, the fonts and then complementary fonts that are used in their branding, any kind of textures, imagery, anything like that. Um, and I usually break down their logo. If it's, if they have a, a pretty graphic, like icon heavy logo, I can break it down to individual elements that can be used on their website or part of like the back of their business card or anything really. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it just kind of creates this cohesive uh, image across everything that they have so that it's, it looks professional. You know, you see big companies with, with similar strategies applied to their branding because it's, it's how you get recognized and how you are remembered. So that's, how that's the importance of the branding board. Um, and it also, uh, like the watermark, if you have photography and anything that you're promoting, you want to have some kind of like imagery that ties into you that doesn't distract from your actual image or mm -hmm. the image, the photo. So yeah. Yeah. It's so much more. And, and having those colors, I know a lot of people just when they're building their website, they get something kind of close, but it's not mm -hmm. their brand colors. And so right. as you go from platform to platform in your marketing, and things are just a little bit different, people don't associate all your things together. Um, we, we did a, um, kind of a whole business overhaul for one of our clients. She was colorblind. <laughs> so wow. Wow. Every, everything was a little bit different from place to place and things like that. And so having those color codes has been amazing for her because now she just, instead of being like, I think that's close enough. Yeah, that's gotta be so in the code. That's crazy. That's, I, that's something that I, I guess like subconsciously, I probably acknowledge that that 
necessity exists for that reason, but yeah. that's really, that's interesting. And that, yeah. I mean, I always provide codes for web and then the, the CMYK builds for printing, mm-hmm. and stuff, but the color information definitely provides you with the ability to keep things consistent across mm-hmm. different media, because there's a huge difference between the um, the screen color versus the printing color. Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. yeah, that's something that I'm grateful that my my college education did explain thoroughly to me. A lot of people leave that out for some reason. And this was like this one of the most beneficial bits of knowledge I retained from that. So <laughs> Absolutely. And as uh, we work with some bigger corporations where uh, their brand books are, you know, 20 pages long, where we talk about um, different graphics that they should or shouldn't use uh, based on on their their brand, um, whether it's imagery that you're using on your website or in a print um, media format, um, how not to skew your logo. That is something that I try so hard to politely articulate to everybody. Like don't stretch your logo. Don't skew it. Don't crush it. You know, keep it consistent. You don't, it just, it cheapens your image. If you mutilate your logo like that, like from place to place too. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a local business close to where I live and they had new signs put up and they completely squashed their logo on this side. And I'm like, you're a national chain. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What happened here? (laughs) Whoops. So let's talk about um, your process for just a few minutes. And and what is it like? I always recommend that people actually meet with a logo designer. They actually go through the few hundred dollars that it's going to take to get a real logo rather than just making it on Canva. Yes, there's templates out there, but they're kind of a joke and it's not what you really need. So let's talk about the process of working with a designer, kind of a range in pricing. I I mean, I've seen logos from way, way, way too cheap to crazy hundreds of thousands of dollars for something that's really simple. So we'll talk about that a little bit too, but let's start with the process and what, what does it look like to work with a a graphic designer for your logo? Is it complicated? Is it not? So let's talk about your process. For me, I try to keep things as simple as absolutely possible because it just kind of doesn't interfere with my creative process and it's not super stressful for my customer. And I don't want to stress anybody out. I want it to be fun for them. Um, First of all, let me go back to the thing you said about Canva. The thing that you're getting with a graphic designer who does custom work is you're getting something unique. I personally start with hand-drawn sketches. So once I get a questionnaire back, I start drawing with a pencil, just doodling on paper. And then I kind of develop my the, the strongest ideas in Illustrator. I go in there and kind of make them look a lot nicer and more like cohesive. Um, and then that's what I send to my customers. I want them to see kind of an accurate idea of what they're going to look like. The logos are going to look like once they're developed more. And from there, it's the back and forth, um, you know, communication. I have, a, I feel like I work more in the communications industry than, than <laughs> graphic design sometimes because there's so much, you know, phone calls and, and emails and stuff like that back and forth, but it's fine. It's what I need to, to know what to do. 
But when you're working on something like Canva, which they have some pretty things, but pretty isn't always what your brand needs. Right. Um, And you're getting something that an infinite number of other people can easily create just like you did. And eventually you're going to cross paths with somebody who has your exact logo with maybe a different name (laughs) applied (laughs) to it. And the, the whole concept of building a brand is to build something unique that's, you know, you don't have to worry about competition sharing your branding. You already have competition. You don't want to have additional versions of your logo out there, probably selling the same thing you are um, or, or, you know, marketing the same thing that you are. It's just, it adds confusion for the customer. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that it's the most, um, it's not the safest way to go about building a solid brand. It's kind of, it detracts from your professionalism, I think. Absolutely. And same kind of thing with some of the Etsy sellers out there that will just pop your name into their pre-done designs for 10 bucks. Same kind of thing. Just be so careful when you're buying a logo that you actually take the time to get that custom logo because it's going to be with you for a while. Right. You you want it to to really Mm -hmm. stand out. You want it to stand out and you want it to be recognizable as you, because if you keep it for a while, it's going to be associated with you or your company and you don't want it to look like, okay, was this this person or this person? Because the icon in their logo is identical. Um, And then on Etsy, you have, like you said, people selling logo designs for $10. And that is, uh, I don't know how anybody could sell something for 10, a a custom logo for $10. So what's your getting with that is a pre-made design they change out the text they send you the files and then that's it and then they resell that that particular design over and over and over um i actually do offer pre-mades and i have a select few but they're one time sales like i sell them to somebody customized with their business name and then i don't resell them so it's just this it's a more simple process but it is still guaranteeing that they're not getting a mass production sold a million times type thing so yeah and that's very common with logo designers where they've designed you know 10 logos for somebody custom but Mm -hmm. they didn't want nine of those and but you have those great designs already depending on the nature of the business and, and the goals that they could easily be switched out for a much lower price than yes, say, exactly. custom design. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, sure. that's okay. That's if you're working with somebody who has pre-made designs, but they're, they don't resell them. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. thing than somebody selling something 500 times. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can see the, the, the danger in having, multiple versions of your branding with other brands. Absolutely. So once they've, they've come to you, how many like revisions do they get? How many designs do they get the first time to to take a peek at? Um, That is a hard question because I like to say, oh, I give people like four ideas and then four rounds of revisions. I can never stick to that because if I'm creating (laughs) and I have more ideas and I feel like they're all potentially like solid ideas I'll send those to people and I also don't limit the rounds of revisions like I claim to I have to protect myself but ultimately 99% of the time I go over what my general pricing quote (laughs) what it says because if I'm creating I don't want to limit myself or my customer and I'm happy to do that it doesn't it doesn't bother me so um Mm -hmm. 
but it's standard like I have I usually provide like five to six initial ideas and then from there usually it doesn't take that many revisions it usually takes like three or four rounds tops mm -hmm. but if necessary, I can go over that. Um, I've had it happen before where the person loved the first round that I sent and they're like, no changes. So, you know, yeah. of course we were both super happy with that. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Those are great yeah. ones where people just, they know what they like. And, and that's the thing too, is you don't want to have so many options that you get that uh, decision paralysis. Exactly. When you, when you go online and you look at, you know, some like, I would say, pre-made type sites, you can become so overwhelmed with all the options that, that you just don't choose anything or you choose the wrong thing because yeah. it wasn't really customized for your business. And so right. working with someone is really, really important. Right. Um, let's talk about once, once they've got that, what, what should they expect from their graphic designer as far as files go and how it can be used down the road? Um, I like to provide my customer with so many files. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't want them to get in a position where they decide to have like t-shirts made and the printer <laughs> needs the, the vector file and they don't have that. So I send the file format that I design and I work in Illustrator. Um, I send an EPS file just in case they have a different vector program they need to open it in. Um, a vector-based PDF, which is like high-res for printing, or they can open it in Illustrator if they need to. Um, and they also export uh, high-res JPEGs and PNG files. Um, the PNG has the transparent background, so they can overlay their image or logo on something if they need to. I provide the, the lower-res images as well for online use and if there's I've had people need something for embroidery before so I've yeah. figured out how to export those files so they have a lot of that I send everything like there's there should be no format that they are in dire need of after they receive their files from me because I just want to make sure that it's as easy for them as possible to access the formats they need for anything absolutely and that's a like a red flag if if you're working with a graphic designer and they send you a JPEG or something that doesn't have a transparent background. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's something that a lot of people do and I don't understand it because I am happy when I see my customers using the logos I designed for them. And I don't wanna limit their ability to do that because that's just like, you just, somebody pays you to do something, you wanna give them the best service and product that you can. And I don't wanna limit them and their ability to use what I've designed for them. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just keeping that in mind that you need to make sure you have the right products um, and things to get started in your brand. And so let's talk about some of the mistakes that people make when they get started. <laughs> Beyond getting a Canva logo or things like that, what are some of the mistakes you see people having to fix later or down the road? Um, requesting files that are like, or, okay, let me, let me backtrack a little bit, not necessarily requesting files, but using the wrong file types on the wrong media. Like I have, I send everything in folders that are organized, you know, web print, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have had people go in and try to print the web files and then they're teeny mm -hmm. tiny little logos and everything's tiny. So blurry, pixelated and stuff, or 
uploading a print file onto something that's intended for web and it's the wrong color mode because it's CMYK. So then you have some colors that end up representing as like bright green and blue when they should be toned down. And so that's one thing. And then people that um, I try to explain to them, don't go in and resave your files in a word file and then try to, you know what I'm saying? Like the, there it's hard to explain I know people want to use their stuff, but word and, and branding sometimes doesn't work the best. It's kind of not meant for graphic design. Um, don't manipulate your files. They're, they're as they should be. They should be kept as they are so that they work properly. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that's something I see as people try to modify or, yeah. or it's not going to fit in a certain space. So let me chop it up no don't do that or they try to throw a phone number on it and it's not the right place um, it's not the right font and it's not the right <laughs> color yeah that kind of thing can really ruin a brand that's aesthetic like it can make it look very unprofessional um and also like trying to what was I going to say it lost I lost it. Hold on. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> My brain went away. Um, it's very easy for people to misunderstand that a brand needs to be, like I said, unique. It doesn't need to be a cookie cutter design and including clip art. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Including clip art in your logo is not a good idea. It's the worst thing you can do, I think, because it's like everything that's a piece of clip art, everybody has access to it and it's going to look like clip art. It's not going to look like a unique cohesive brand. It's going to look like you rip something off of Google and put text yeah. underneath it. So <laughs> yeah. And that's another like mistake I would say is people not getting custom and pulling something from Google yeah. images. That's a big no, no in the copyright world because you're yes. stealing somebody else's stuff. So exactly. like, actually take the time to if you're gonna go cheap buy something <laughs> from yeah from because somebody who, who draws I, I know there's things out there creative markets a great spot because all of that is custom right um, those types of things but don't just go and pull it off of google images and I'm not saying don't look at reference images mm -hmm. to get your own ideas because I think as yeah. a as a creative person, you're always looking for inspiration. And I, I always look up different things pertinent to what I'm working on, but directly copying or whatever, that's just, that's a big no-no in, in multiple creative industries. You don't want to infringe on somebody else's copyrighted item. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another part. Have you ever done like the um, trademarks on logos or... I have on a few, when people actually go and have their business name trademarked and then they, they want to add the trademark to their visual logo later on, I'll go back and add it if they need to. That's definitely something I can do. And not everybody takes the time to do that, but you know, that's kind of optional for what, what you want to do. If you want to copyright your logo, go for it. I won't, I don't resell designs that I've made. I, so that's not something they have to worry about, but in the case of like a, a recent client that I had, well, she wasn't recent. I've worked with her in 2009, but she came back to me um, about a month ago because somebody had copied her logo that I designed for her, even though oh. it is trademarked. So I had to put together like a proposal for them to, I guess, cease and desist using it. Yeah. Um, she, she's taking it to a legal level because they have 
completely copied her. So that's something that as a, as a designer, I hate to see people doing that. And it's also very frustrating for my customers who want to keep their, their branding to as theirs. They paid for it. Nobody else needs to be copying and, and utilizing that. So yeah. And, you, and that's where that's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's where trademarks come in really handy for a logo is you get it. If anybody's is similar, you have that legal protection right. um, behind it. That's why big companies get trademarks exactly. is because it's, it's worth it. And it's, it is complicated. I've tried to trademark mine. I totally get that it's complicated. Um, I, I don't know if I'm halfway through the process or not. I'm in the process. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but there is a process, there's legal fees to have to trademark your mm -hmm. logo. But if, if you plan to be a big brand, you really need to look towards trademark. Yes, As definitely. I would say even some of your authors that you work with, those are, are ones that I would consider going through the process of a real trademark for sure. Definitely. And it's, and unfortunately there is always somebody out there who's going to try to copy and mm -hmm. you just, it's, it doesn't hurt to have that layer of protection that if somebody does copy you, you have a, a valid argument in, in a court or anything like that, that protects you from having to kind of back down and let somebody steal your branding. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you do also a lot of like product design mm -hmm. for graphics and, and that branding side of it right um, and that's where um, people can kind of venture off I would say in their their logo a little bit yeah um, because each product is unique too right but like I see a lot of mistakes where people um, they got this beautiful branding it's amazing and then they change the color on it because they like a different color um, <laughs> those are some other no-nos yeah. colors. Uh, your, your logo designer will send you a light version, a dark version, mm -hmm. and those are the versions you use. You don't, you don't change the color when you get the inkling. Like yeah. <laughs> well, the only, the only time I can, I can say that's kind of acceptable is when you have a line of products and you have a logo that primarily functions in like black and white anyway. Mm -hmm and you want the logo to look good against this or that and you alter that color but the actual shape and font and layout of the logo stays the same I've had that a couple of times like a skincare uh line of products and it, it worked and you know it was consistent mm -hmm. across all of that but but in general it's never a good idea to you know alter your logo unless you're rebranding unless you're rebranding mm -hmm. everything but you don't want to have you know, your black and white logo here. And then you have this multicolored wild looking logo on something else because it just causes confusion and it's not, it, it's not the best practice for branding. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, if somebody is going to come to you to help with graphic design for products, is the, the process any different? Um, kind of, it's, it's different because obviously product, product mainly uh, packaging is what I would mm -hmm mainly focus on here um with product pa uh, packaging you want to have some kind of like pattern or visual something to to kind of tie in with your initial branding your logo and everything but it can it can be different than your your overall brand slightly as long as it's like connected somehow um i i'm trying to think of a good example here like well i just did a subscription box for somebody 
they have their logo and then they have a sub business that's tied in with it, but their sub logo was actually a different brand name. It's really confusing, but their design overall have the same texture and pattern on the box along with the alternate logo. So it was very, it's still consistent, even though it was different. Um, mm -hmm. And the product packaging can be very, it's a whole nother animal, like, <laughs> because, you know, business cards are so straightforward most of the time. They're a certain mm -hmm. size and, and basically you have the same info. Then you have packages and they can be teeny tiny labels or they can be big boxes or they can be, um, you know, labels that are die cut and everything like that. So you kind of have to know what kind of printer your customer is going to go with um, mm -hmm. so that you can get the correct printing specifications and, and this file set up and everything. It's, yeah. but it's stuff that I enjoy it because it's something different. I don't get that quite as frequently as I do just standard branding projects, but it's still something that I, I enjoy doing. And it's, it's necessary for a lot of people, especially if you have a physical item that you're marketing, like mm -hmm. a, you know, a subscription box or a jewelry. Okay. Item or something. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And I know there's a ton of people that are doing products, um, not just services right now. So yeah, think about the whole process from person comes to your website or they meet you at a networking meeting, whatever it might be to they walk away with your product. What it is you want that experience to be? Yeah. And your branding goes through all of that. It goes from the business card they pick up to the product they walk home with and, and make it consistent so that they know again and again, what to expect. Right. Um, so those are, those are some big things. And thank you for, for uh, explaining your process. Let's talk about how people can be better prepared to work with a graphic designer. <laughs> I have this happen all the time with web design where people get started and they're really not ready. They're not ready to be at the step of creating a website just because they're a new business. Right. And so what are some things that you recommend people do before they come to you? Um, a, a lot of that kind of just comes down to knowing who your target customer is. Do some research into that. Think about who you're trying to reach because that will affect obviously the way your business, you want your business to look and everything. It affects everything. So knowing your target client, knowing what you are willing to invest financially and also time-wise because branding is not, you know, you don't just send somebody something and then magically they do everything. You have, to, it's a, for me, it's a very involved process, mm -hmm. like a lot of communication it's back and forth, back and forth. And you have to be prepared to commit to that because if you like, somebody purchased recently for me and they're like, I don't know what I want yet. Can we put this on hold? And I'm like, I mean, that's fine. But, you know, clearly they needed, they weren't prepared. Just like you said, people, mm -hmm. they don't know what they want yet. And that's perfectly fine. If you have questions, reach out to a graphic designer and see kind of what they, what you should be considering before you make the move to, um, before you take the step to purchase or start yeah. filling the questionnaire. And I, that's one thing I do is I, even people who are not necessarily like super prepared, my questionnaire helps them kind of focus mm -hmm. on some of those key elements that help me in the design process. And it helps to create a more, um, just a solid image once we get started. So for sure, for sure. And that's like, I, I have forms like that questionnaires and things, 
the reason we're asking you for that is to make sure you're ready. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. Fill those things out. And if you can't fill something out in those areas, you're probably not ready. Right. Um, that's, that's what I've learned a lot is, is if you can't fill out and tell us who your target market is, you shouldn't be building a website yet. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you have to know who you're building it for. Yeah. You have to know who you're building it for. I would say with you as well, Pray, and this is the same thing with me. If you haven't solidified your products or what you're selling, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be starting it. You're not ready yet. You got to well, figure I- products and speak for myself like with my website I am I'm a designer and I can make things look pretty but when it comes to my website I was completely underprepared and I tried to do it on my own so I am in no way shape or form shaming anybody who's not prepared that is something that I have a tendency to jump the gun and like oh okay I'm ready to do this and then I realize okay I don't know what I'm doing so reach out to somebody like I reached out to you for my website and everything so that's always ask somebody and I'm very friendly. People ask me stuff all the time and I am happy to assist. It's always, you know, I don't mind that at all. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Check with, talk with your designer before you just hire someone. And and that's me too. Like if somebody wants a website, let's talk first and make sure you're at the point that you're ready. And I would much rather you wait a year rather than get you started right now. If you're not ready, that's, that's how it should be. Um, so some things from my side of it, like you definitely have to have the questionnaire, um, kind of thought out who is you, who is your ideal client, um, your client avatar, or everybody calls it something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Those are some things, um, as well as your products, you got to have and your products will evolve, your products, your pricing, your services, yeah. they evolve as you go. Everybody from what you started with to what you are now, I'm sure is a mile apart a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's normal. That's normal for people. That's a, and that's a business. Yeah, yeah. That's a business that it's always evolving, but you have to have some solidified before you get going. Exactly. So before you get started, just make sure that you're prepared to make that, that commitment, that investment. Um, as far as pricing goes, I have seen logo design all over the board. Um, I would say a roundabout figure. I, I don't know for you, but <laughs> I've seen it often in like the 450 area, 450, yeah. 650 for a that's, normal business. That's definitely accurate. Um, I tend to price on the lower side because I'm still trying to get my website off the ground and, and going and, you know, that kind of thing. But that's, that's a solid amount. Uh, I can tell you this logo is not $10. It's not $20. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I don't think that people should overcharge for services, mm-hmm. but I also think that you can't expect a quality one of a kind branding project for anything less than like, you know, for everything you're looking at six, hundred to a thousand dollars for a bunch of different items and ultimately you need that to to really get your brand going it's not just the logo and you're not going to get it on etsy or anywhere else for a hundred bucks for everything that you need it's just Mm -hmm. not possible the time that goes into it the amount of work and communication that goes into it you you really want a quality design and you don't want somebody rushing through it because they're not getting paid enough (laughs) For sure. Yeah. yeah. You will get a totally different logo on Fiverr than you will. From yes. 
yes, somebody who <laughs> I, I I've looked at Fiverr and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I don't know how these people are selling for for five and ten dollars, like, and they're like unlimited revisions, and I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> well, it's not possible, and you're not getting a quality product. No, no, no. So invest in the time to to spend some money on your brand. You want it to make you money in the long run. Right. If you invest and look like a legitimate professional business, it will yes. come back to you in the end. It will come right. back to because you. your branding builds trust with your customer mm-hmm. and the more official and more professional you look, the more they're going to trust that you're competent and you know what you're doing in your business or as a, as an individual. So that's, that's super important. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Amber, for being with us here today. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, where should they go? <laughs> they should go to mandala.com, which is M-A-N-D-O-W-L-A.com. Um, I do offer reduced prices on Etsy, but it's probably a little bit more than what you're going to see most other Etsy sellers on, and that's mandala.etsy.com. Um, but I'm trying to move toward my site more right now so yeah um and that and it's up to you you can email me it's amber mabe at icloud.com i'm working on a branded email <laughs> i'm still this we'll help you with that we'll get you yes. there <laughs> this mandala endeavor has has been in operation for about two years and prior to that it was another business so i'm still I'm also a mom to four little boys. So things are a little crazy right now. (laughs) Four boys is a lot. That is a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So check check out Amber's stuff, guys. She is amazing and um, grateful for you being on the show today and, and talking with us about branding. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Head on over to geekedoutmedia.com where you can find more fast track tips and tricks on our blog. Also find free resources and our other podcast episodes to create an impact online. Enjoy. Enjoy.